Welcome to the Wordplay Cafe podcast. I am host part two, Tomas J. Stanton, and joined with my host part one, Jennifer M. Gastelum. <laughs> Jen, do you want to tell our guest today what the M stands for? Massive. <laughs> <laughs> I was like having nice. second guess. Second guesses here. Massive is what I'm sticking with. I'm yeah. Jennifer Massive Gastelum. Yeah, and it, that's and huge. It, it's huge. No pun intended. <laughs> um, so we are here. Thank you all for joining us. Um, first and foremost, got to give a shout out to our main squeeze, the Mesa Arts Center. Uh, thank you for always supporting us and our visions and our craziness. But with that being said, all the views expressed, especially from host part two, uh, do not reflect the views of the Mesa Arts Center nor the city of Mesa. And now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, we're going to jump right into uh, this episode. This is a special episode. Uh, we have a national nationally recognized uh, <laughs> artist. Uh, he's huge in the Netherlands. Huge. <laughs> huge. huge. In the Netherlands. Not a joke. <laughs> Not a joke. Um, Shout outs to Eindhoven. <laughs> I, got, go. I got people there. Yeah, yeah. So, but this this is truly special. Um, I, I'm excited. Uh, you're playing here on Friday night at the Mesa Art Center. Yeah. Um, I think I've been listening to you pretty nonstop for about a week and a half now. I'm a huge fan. Uh, you definitely got a new follower on Spotify on nice. my Same. end. Same. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely please give a shout out to Gabriel Royal. What, what? We're still working on getting the sound effects for our podcast, but y'all need yeah. that's why y'all need to hire me, man. Just bring I mean, we <laughs> 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 You Are record you? him on yeah. tour. I'm ready for this. I'm ready yeah. for this. I'm standing. If I, if I lose the cello gigs. I'll be right here. You're right here? Background with a, a whammy. In you, the bank. you always got a space with us. Um, so, Gabriel, uh, like I said, I, I, be, I started following you about a week and a half ago. Thank you. And um, super impressed. And uh, I think we're going to get to where you are now eventually. But with the framework of this podcast, we want to know how you got to where you are. So mm. uh, you get the same question everyone mm. gets, no matter how big you are in the Netherlands. <laughs> who made you and who raised you? Ooh, who made me and who raised me? Let's start with the basic, and then we'll go, you know, metaphorical. Uh, so I had parents. I was I was raised and born of parents, <laughs> human beings. Okay, let's start right there, right? You know, I came out as a human being. There right? you go. <laughs> Started as a baby. All right, you know, chromosomes was intercollected. You know, they was mingling. They was talking to each <laughs> other on a microscopic level. You say where I come from, this this is straight up, okay? This is like the very big, we haven't gone this deep yet. <laughs> yeah, you said it was a special episode. I'm starting from day one, all right? Pretty sure my parents was, you know, getting it on, all right? Um, and then, pow, 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 I became a baby. Um, but no, all jokes aside, <laughs> I had a, I had, I got two great parents. Uh, my mom, Rita. Royal, she's a dancer, a dance teacher. She's actually the, uh, she's Miss Black Mississippi from 1973. Wow. That's a, that's a stat I like to put out there because you don't think of like, they used to have like different pageants. Like there was a Miss America and then a Miss Black America and like a Miss Oklahoma and Miss Black Oklahoma. That's just strange. (laughs) Um, But my mom, uh, she, she killed it. She's an amazing woman. Um, and my dad was uh, is a, a drummer, piano playing teacher. Uh, both my parents taught, which uh, is very is very close to my heart. I love the fact that uh, I'm teaching. I actually had to take off of my job to come here. Mm. 
I was like, I'm sorry, children. I had to follow my dream. <laughs> um, but um, so, you know, my my dad was a drummer. My mom was a dancer, and they were in a band together. And bada boom, bada bam. Ba- oh, babies so made. They were in the band together. They were in a band together. Yes. Mm. Did your mom play an instrument? She sang. Uh what no she no she would she she dance she she dances okay. and she would say that she she actually um she avoided singing to me and my brother as babies because she sang so out of tune <laughs> that she thought she thought if if we heard her singing we would grow up tone deaf it's kind of tra- kind of tragic right that's that's, that's interesting. interesting it's changing it's not true because i might be i don't really think it's true no kids. it's definitely not true it's definitely not true that's just like one of those like other insecurities that we put on yourself like if i can't do it good my baby's not gonna be able to do it <laughs> so i think yeah, that might that might be over but i don't know though because she if she didn't sing to me i hope i sing in tune so i mean you sound good to me thank you mm. <laughs> um so okay who raised me my parents raised me i was actually raised a jehovah's witness okay i don't know how deep we want to go into like things but since we started deep we gonna stay deep let's go um i was raised a jehovah's i say raised because i left when i was 16 um which is hard like you know if it's any young jehovah's witnesses out there listening to the podcast this one's for you baby leave <laughs> leave the organization <laughs> like the it's it's great people and like i'm 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 happy that i was raised with some sort of ethical stronghold or mm-hmm. like some like a baseline yeah exactly mm-hmm. um but like i i feel like you know a lot of the problems we have in this world are religious and based on like who you're banging you know like how much of the religion is based on where you put your genitals <laughs> Like just think about that. That's I'm being so serious They're right now. They're a little now. preoccupied with that. That's like this yeah. is like where do I put this? What have you been doing with that? And I'm like, dude, it's none of your business. First <laughs> off, and like, what does this have to do with goodwill towards man? I thought you were using like a gang reference of like what like banging. what religion that you're banging. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Which yo, both can work. This, the C Street Crips. <laughs> the C Street stands for Christianity, Catholicism. There's a good number of J-dubs here. There's wow. Yeah. So you must know some Jehovah's yeah, Witnesses because you said J-dub. That's a in, You're in the circle. I, I, You've heard some. I've dated. You've dated before. a J-dub. Wow. Former. Former. Okay. Because yeah. I was about to say, if he was dating you while in the religion, he was he was sinning. He was. <laughs> he was definitely <laughs> sinning. Um, no, I think he left teens like you well that's that's a very normal thing it's like they tell you not to make out go on dates or have premarital sex drink alcohol celebrate your birthday celebrate any holidays no halloween it's pretty oppressive like that's kind of like it's a hard it's a hard religion to follow so like kids are like you know they're seeing other kids going out and partying and stuff so it's hard to stand (laughs) it's hard for the bible's rules to stand up against betty inviting you to a house party you would think that the j j dubs that's j dubs j w j dubs you would think that uh as like a recruitment strategy you would like want to see your strategic plan and you're like our rules are a little <laughs> our rules are a little too strict for the young folks we're using we're losing a lot of young folks early on how do we incorporate a few holidays it in sounded there? like you just compromised your ethical code I did. And my <laughs> I'm a savage. And my Bible trained conscience will not allow me to admit to 
uh, the validity of that. No, they're very strict. <laughs> of course they're strict. I mean, it's a religion, so like they can't. That's what makes them great is that everybody veers to the right and we the vigilant veer to the left the yeah. the the uh what is it broad and spacious is the road leading off into destruction but cramped and narrow is the one leading off into life your voices are already making this like my favorite <laughs> podcast. best podcast ever really we're uh, like five minutes in <laughs> Wait, I didn't want to get too like religious because you we know we're gonna, lo- we we're gonna lose a- all of our J Dub uh, followers. <laughs> J Dub, listen. No, they're the ones who, they're calling other J Dubs right now. Yo, you gotta listen to this guy. He's, tell- he's telling all our secrets. <laughs> but you were in the religion until you were sixteen, so I had to have a pretty big influence. Yeah, well, that's the reason I brought it up is because um, how I was raised, um, the religion was a huge part of it, and um, I was very devout for a long time. Where like I, you know, I I didn't believe that. Uh, gay people have the right to exist because somewhere in the Bible it says a man who lays with another man is detestable unto God or some you know archaic shit like that. Um, so like I I was a I was a bigot <laughs> at in the eighth grade ninth grade and then my tenth grade year my ninth grade and tenth grade year my brother we went to this amazing high school called Booker T Washington and they had philosophy classes humanities classes. And so my brother was started taking a humanities class where he was learning the, you know, the intellectual history from, you know, Socrates, Plato. And so he would come home and and we'd argue about Bible doctrine until like 2 a.m. Mm. And eventually those are the arguments that took me out of the religion when I when I asked questions that I couldn't answer. And uh and my dad used to eavesdrop on us on the outside of our room just listening to my brother debate me. And he never, he didn't tell us this till years later that he was eavesdropping. And I was like, man, that it took a lot of courage to not break up those conversations. to mm-hmm. let Because it ultimately led me to leaving the organization, right? But then I thought about it. I was like, he was probably outside listening. And my brother was making point after point. <laughs> he was he was wondering where he could like jump in and be like, "Yeah, but Jesus says." But then my brother would make another point, so he'd be in the back like, "Oh, oh well, he, good he did. point." He did. <laughs> He's taking notes. I'm like, "You're right. You're right." <laughs> exactly. So, um, so it was a it was a gradual leading out of the the religion just through critical thought. <laughs> you know, I feel yeah, like that's logic. probably accurate for a lot of people. And, who and sex. Religion. And, sex, pro- and probably sex drugs, sex, <laughs> drugs, and maybe sprinkle some actual doctrinal differences. Are your parents still J-dubs? Uh, my father's still a J-dub. My mom left as soon as me and my brother did. Mm. And the funniest thing about that was she always used the religion to kind of like keep us in the house. Like, you can't go over to so-and-so's house because they're worldly people. Which, to Jehovah's Witnesses, that's an insult. Like, being worldly is of the world. You're sinful. So um, so my mom kind of, you know, she used it to manipulate our time. <laughs> but then as soon as we left, she was like, you know what? I don't believe either. Bye. <laughs> Tell your daddy I want a divorce. So, <laughs> so it was, it was kind of like this whirlwind of me and my brother coming out saying like, hey, we don't believe this. We actually had a meeting with the elders and everything where they came over and we were like, we believe in philosophy and science. And... We like came out to the congregation, um, 
And in hindsight, I feel like that was a bit much. <laughs> you know, like I could have just like stopped going. You know, I didn't have to like make this whole like I don't believe. <laughs> but uh, but you know, at the age too, I think we were just trying to assert ourselves. Uh, was your you know. brother older? Yeah, he's twenty months older than me. That's oh, my okay. that's my dude. We've gone through a lot. Very uh, perilous <laughs> relationship. Me and that guy. He's a very aggressive person. He's right. very very dogmatic um smart person which is a bad thing because like you know he'll make some good points and i'm like god oh, i don't want to agree with you <laughs> piece of shit <laughs> like why why'd you have to why'd you have to make a point but that was also the thing that taught me to wrap this back around to my education and loving to teach dealing with him has um <laughs> has helped me evolve as a teacher Mm -hmm. because even though you're dealing with somebody aggressive who's you know screaming at you if you admit that they're right there's no argument mm. you know like he he barks he's a barker and, da -da 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 -da, and this is what you need to do with your life and you're messing up here and da -da -da. and then it's like hey man you're right i'll make changes like where does the conversation go from there like if they were if they're an asshole they're going to keep barking at you like whoa, whoa. and and you smell bad you know like it's just picking out but yeah exactly so that's when you can you know differentiate the assholes from you know a, a, a kind you know loving person so i say that to say that like i had to deal with a lot getting past my brother's personality to get to the truth of you know his his points and his love for me you know so he he's only got the best um best out best look for me so nice man I forgot where I just kind of trailed off. Where were we going with this? Well, this was, you were talking about <laughs> talk about who raised you. Who so. raised me? Okay, but, okay. So we're almost we're almost to the high school college thing. So where where geographically was this? Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay, this is uh, in the the northern northeast tip of of Oklahoma, um, which you know Tulsa was a crazy place to grow up in. You know, like it was. Not not in the sense like it was rough, <laughs> like the rough streets of Tulsa, but you kind of had to make your own uh, your own fun. Like that's how me and this girl know each other right here. Joe, we met at a uh, reggae, fest. reggae fest dancing to George Clinton. Um, I don't even like reggae. Don't tell the reggae fans I said that. <laughs> I love reggae. I'm about lazy reggae. I love it. I love it. Can't get enough. Haven't listened to reggae since Bob Marley. Anyway. Um, in in the Tulsa environment, it's like either you're at the house partying or you're out at a bar or something. So like we always had instruments around. Like I had a I had a grand piano. This is in college college days. Like had a grand piano, drum set, full PA, like guitars, microphones, and everything. And we just sit around and make songs. <laughs> it was like a, it was an animal house. Like we were. We were all in college, um, studying, playing music, or doing visual arts. Or uh, so it was a very creative atmosphere. Were you studying music in college? Yeah, I was studying music and visual arts. I'm a I'm a double major, kids. There you fully, go. Fully certified to teach visual arts, portrait drawing, figure nice. drawing, <laughs> color theory. Yeah. So um, I was actually teaching art when I moved to New York City. Fast forward. So uh, I graduated in 99, and then I moved to New York in 08. 
after uh after I taught school in Oklahoma City for a while. Um so what age? Uh I teach any class. <laughs> I'm certified from like uh K to 12. Um so this company that I work for now, Wingspan Arts in New York City, it's a it's a fine arts collective where they put different artists in teaching uh environments. So it's, you know, it's dancers, visual artists, drumming teachers, hip hop dancers. Um and I teach a pop choir for them. Um it's a lot of t- fun for me cuz I was teaching visual arts when I moved up there. And I also had just started busking. So I would bring my cello to class and then start teaching drawing. And all these, you know, Bronx and Jersey kids, they see me with the cello and be like, Mr. Royal, you play music? Yo, let's go. And so they start beating on tables and singing and stuff. So I realized that they didn't give two snaps about the visual arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to know that I've censored myself. I, I, I keep, I keep, I appreciate I keep it. pulling it back. Just you don't case, have to. Just in right. case we got any grandmas in the audience, you know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping, it, keeping it clean for the whole the whole house the whole house grandmas like to cuss too that's true i know some pretty rowdy grandmas (laughs) anyway so i uh i went to my boss and i was like yo i like can i teach a pop choir class like where i'm using pop music to teach the fundamentals of music rhythm um scales chords and she was like yeah why don't you try it out go for it see how it works and i've been doing that for the last eight years Nice. That's cool. And do you travel? Like, do you travel to multiple locations? Are you stationary? I do. I do. Yeah. No, it's a different school. It could it could be a different school every week. But right now, I'm in a Jersey school twice a week and a school in Upper Man- Manhattan. Nice. Um, and that's an elementary school and a middle school. So, I'm you know I'm I'm in wherever they put me. I'm I'm versatile. Um, but I do. <laughs> I do. Middle school is probably my best, I'm best at, although I can't stand them the most. (laughs) I can't imagine. Middle school would be hard. I mean, eighth graders, I've I've talked about this before, but like, there's like a tier of people like ruining the planet, like worst types of people. We're going to get political real quick. So just, okay, first it goes like Trump supporters, (laughs) eighth graders. (laughs) And then, like, <laughs> and then those guys that, like, you know, are just poisoning the ocean. Like, so, I, which might be the first part. Those might be the Trump. T- so, Trump they supporters. Might be yeah, that might be first and third and in the middle sandwiched in between. So, what happens eighth when graders. an eighth grader is a Trump supporter, too? Oh, oh man. <laughs> just, hey man. They Trump. We don't talk politics in class. <laughs> we, don't talk, we don't talk politics in class. I don't want to know. They might be, I'm just playing. Look, if you support Trump, you must have your own reasons. Let's talk about it because I don't understand. But if you're an eighth grader, there's <laughs> <laughs> nothing you can do. About that. Eighth graders are just emotional and like irre- like irrational, which is kind of that's kind of a Trump supporter. Am I right? <laughs> okay, all right. You know we can I, we I can edit this out, right? No, you no, got, no, no, you no. Guys no have, this you is good. This is all the, good. We <laughs> we don't know how to edit, so. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's on the books, baby. It's not in this our budget is, to oh hire an editor. Oh my god, this <laughs> is funny. I'm just I'm gonna ruin the whole tour. This <laughs> no. first before the first show is gonna Don't worry. Twitter it's tomorrow. Just Europe, like, man. Only it's Europe. Europe. <laughs> it's only Europe. So long as the Netherlands loves me, and I know how they feel about Trump. So I'm uh, that that relationship is <laughs> solid. All right. 
I have, uh, I just, I love listening to this because I have, my daughter is in the eighth grade and, mm. and everything you're saying, I'm just like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, hey, yeah, you notice absolutely. how I didn't apologize. No. You just said no. you had an eighth grade dollar. I wasn't be like, oh, my bad. Like, no, you must be going through the shits, bro. Like, I know, I know what's. It's deep. It is deep, yeah. It's a weird age. It's, it's definitely a weird age, but it's also I, I, I uh, as well. I'm a teaching artist, and um, I like working with middle school kids because it's it is challenging. It's Exciting. challenging. It's raw. It's you know, like you get you just you know you get a real reflection of that really raw space in life. But yeah, I, I, I say it like this: they're, they're the most aggressive and insecure people. Mm-hmm. On, and so it makes them very passionate, but also very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So you get all this like raw energy and stuff, and then they might start crying. Like I had this girl who was, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna tell it. It's not. It's not <laughs> that bad. I had, okay. So I had this student. We had just came in from um, from research, and she's sitting next. Uh, it's a predominantly black school and black class. Like it was only only one white guy in the class, and this little girl sits next to him. She's like. This MF will smell like shit. He's like, she just starts going off on him. Like, he smelled like every name. She's like, smell like horses in the middle of the field. Da, 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 da. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, you can't talk about my students like that. Like, stop, right? Just stop it right there. I was like, you wouldn't like it if people said you looked and smelled like a monkey, right? She starts bawling. Like, she falls into it. <laughs> I don't look like no monkey. <laughs> just goes off on me. And I'm like, who is this? Like, the same person who, like, and meanwhile, white guys sitting right next to her, like, feeling sorry. Like, like he's like, he, he's starting to feel bad for her because she's breaking down <laughs> so much. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, did you not, you didn't see how you just did the same thing? Like, I only brought that up. Yeah. Because you were, I was using it as a comparison, but apparently, like somebody in the class had said something to her before, and it really struck a chord. But like those are things they don't even see, man. Um, but anyway, back to I like teaching. Be, I like teaching that age group because it is such a challenge, mm-hmm. and you do get to deal with that irrational, passionate, like no holds barred excitement. Yeah, so I keep slamming. On the no, that's all good. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned uh, you were you started teaching uh, along around the same time you were started busking, and I I was teaching many years before many years. But yeah. when you moved to New York, when when I moved to New York, I, I started teaching in the um, at at in, well I was substituting in the public school system, and I was working for Wingspan, this private company. Um, and then one day I went home with like a dollar to my name. Mm. Um, cause I was in between jobs. It was like, I had my car up there at the, at the time. So I was paying gas money, getting parking tickets and just didn't really have like a stable income. So yeah, I went in the subway and just started. I, I saw this guy on the way home with a dollar. I saw a guy with $20 in his, in his guitar case playing like just the crappiest. Um, and I was, that was when like the first spark of confidence hit me where I'm like, I'm better than this guy. Like, mm-hmm. You know, and I'm broke. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating how to buy ramen and fruit punch. That's like a real story. I've said that in interviews before, but it's like, it's serious. <laughs> like I was like, man, okay, if I can just like get some salt from like the ramen, and then like some sugar, like that's kind of like vegetables, <laughs> and like dessert, right? Like that's kind of like a full meal. 
So, so I, I stopped right there and like went home, got my cello, came back out. Actually, had to get a, a um, I bummed a, uh, a, a bus fare to get back into the the, the subway. subway. Yeah. Wow. I was sitting there like, hey, anybody got swipe? That's like a common thing. Like if you don't have mm-hmm. fare, you like stand by and you're like, anybody got swipe? Anybody got swipe? So I was like, I was one of those anybody got a, a swipe guys. Um, and snap, man! I was in the, I was in the subway like a week ago. Like this isn't we y'all are acting like I'm somebody right now. Like before I came on tour a week ago, I was trying to make rent. Like this is very real. There's no like I haven't made it. So like the the fact that you guys are having me, this is funny to me. I'm like you guys, who I'm I'm nobody right now. I'm this is the first tour I've been on where I I wasn't worried about paying rent when i got home mm-hmm. so this is a this is a definite improvement from last year but i just want to like you're like you like to catch artists like not at the pinnacle and i'm like great because <laughs> <laughs> here we are baby and right at ground floor all right we are at the bottom but not as the, at the bottom as last year so like I, I i have to give a great shout out to columbia artist um um because they that booking agency is what's really got my career going. Mm-hmm. Um, in between the manager that I met in the subway, that's another part of the story. I don't know. We're going like Let's in, go. in circles. I, <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna before just because I think context we, we live in a in a in a desert where we some people don't even know what a subway is. They think it's a sand, sandwich shop. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You it's played like, in man, the sandwich was... shop player? That don't sound like a good gig. You got man, swipe in the sandwich <laughs> shop. Like, why do you need bus fare to get in the sandwich shop? Um, but busking for yes. just a glossary moment is yes. when an artist plays in a in a public space. In a public space yeah. for any reason, normally for tips. Okay. Yeah. So like it's it's not com it's not uncommon for there to be a cap out or a little bucket or something. Um, but you don't have to do that. Some people do it for the fun of it. But, like, I did it because I needed money. You know, mm-hmm. like, I was I was struggling in the school system. And then uh, going down in the subway supplemented my income, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Before we start going too far down how your career started kind of moving, when did you start playing the cello? I started playing cello when I was 12. And... Um, in the sixth grade, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma had, which their school system has gone to complete shit right now. Like, I don't know. It's almost irreparable. They're talking about going to four, four day school weeks. Um, like it's bad. It's bad. Anyway, uh, at the time they had a really good school system. Um, and I, I, I took, I started taking cello, I was playing in the orchestra, and then the teacher I had was like, yo, if you want to, like, really take this to the next level, you need to get lessons. So I started taking – I started in uh, an orchestra age of 12 and got lessons age of 12, too. And um, I started with Diane Bucchineri, who's my cello teacher. She was – like, I had lessons from 6th to 8th grade with her. And then when I went to high school, she got hired at the University of Tulsa and couldn't take any more students. So I bumped around to a couple of cello teachers, Lou Lynch, uh, Robin Dunn, um, all great cello teachers um, who helped help form me. Um, but then I wound up going to TU and taking lessons with Diane Buccaneri again. So nice. like she's, I'd say she's my, my uh, formative teacher. She's the one who really... Uh, 
put me, gave me the skills that I had. Did you choose the cello or did I did choose the cello. Um, cause my brother, I mean, I come from a musical family. So my brother was already playing violin by the time I got to middle school. He was in eighth grade when I got to sixth grade. Um, and we, we had already, I had already, like my dad always had instruments around, so we were jamming out at a very early age. We were writing songs at a very early age, which is kind of weird. Like You don't realize how strange that is until you get older and certain people aren't as creative or, or are afraid to create, mm. um, which there's, you know, there's a nervousness and insecurity, a vulnerability that happens when you create. But if you start at an early age, it's just like, Blah blah blah. Let's make a song. Like we're making a song. Like somebody give me a backbeat and like you hit the spoons. Like it's just, you know, it's like conversation. Um, so I, I started. What, what was the question? One more time. Did you choose? Did I choose the? Ch- okay, yeah. so that was that's where I was going with this. Um, so with um, with the uh, the jamming experience when I got to middle school, instead of choosing the violin like my brother. I was like, I want to play something to play a part with him. You know, mm-hmm. like I want to, I want to hold the bass mm-hmm. while he's doing ding, da da ding, da da ding. So, it was always like an idea of collaboration. Um, and my dad played piano and drums, so if I was holding the bass, you know, my my brother could get the treble part, my dad could hold the rhythm. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a family band thing. Yeah. Like not that we ever like really got that. We used to have a, a family uh, Thanksgiving talent show and me my dad and my brother were the house band so nice. like it was a lot of a lot of fun so i chose cello in uh relation to my brother probably so nice and it's you know it's just like the sexiest string instrument like it's is it it's easily is that, is easily <laughs> i mean look on official? google look google it that? look it up all right it's <laughs> easily <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm told that's what i'm told Anyway, so yeah, that's that. That's so, that so you, so you're okay. So now, fast forwarding back to where where we were before Jen so rudely interrupted <laughs> us with with, with an amazing question. I'd like to say it was rude, but it was very <laughs> on point. Hey, y'all must be friends. Y'all must <laughs> yeah, be friends. Yeah, we're friends. We validate and break each other down <laughs> yeah, like at the same time. That's a good friend. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, so you're busking in the subways, um, and you find your manager there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just a passerby. <laughs> let me t- let me tell you. Okay, so I played. Um, I got this song called "Pass the Flowers." It's on my first album. That's really the first song that I wrote and and sang to. I got another song, G Minor Suite. This the 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 first one that I I wrote, but I didn't. I wrote things instrumentally before I started. Um, before I started singing and playing, that was odd. That just kind of came about anyway, but um, uh, God damn it, I keep losing my train of thought. <laughs> Your manager, manager. Okay, so I, just start making stuff up. I'm just saying, yeah, you know, different. <laughs> Back when I was in Connecticut, okay, all that um, ramen and fruit punch, yeah, man, dude, messing with your brain. Let's hope this doesn't happen on stage. I was like, wait, what? What are, what are we here for? Y'all looking at me? I thought y'all was playing. Why am I on stage? (laughs) (laughs) 
I would just like to point out that it's so great <laughs> oh, when you have the the you're like if you are not at the pinnacle in your music career yet, I mm. would like to say you're at the pinnacle of your interview career. Ooh, yeah. ooh, you I are, like that. This I like is great. That. These are great because we've had some tough podcasts. <laughs> it's like, should I say more? It's like, yeah, we're five minutes in. I'm gonna need you to say a lot <laughs> say more. More things. Please bro. say more things. <laughs> Like this is great. I feel okay. like, hey man, I just want to make your job easier. Yeah, I appreciate right? it. Yeah. And and like I said earlier, no one has ever cared what I said before. Well, so we do. An interview is like, I'm like yeah, what? should have brought the champagne. I got all night, baby. Hey. No, um, but seriously, do you also like throw back to the twenties voice like regularly? I don't know. Or? I don't know. Is that? Uh, yeah, I guess that's the thing I do. I'm like, ah, this guy, give me a gin See? and tonic. Ah, one of these. <laughs> I don't know where that came. I think that comes from like old cartoons because me and my brother used to watch like a lot of Looney Tunes and like Bugs Bunny. Type. Oh, yeah. Chewing on a carrot. Yeah. It, was, uh, it always reminds me of that Dave Chappelle skit when he says uh, his wife questions him about things and he goes into that voice. No, I'll say, Dave, we need to talk. No. Don't talk to me like that, Dave. No, I'll see. Just, every I'm time huge, I hear it, I'm like, I'm a huge stand-up fan. Yeah. I'm like, I, 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 I eat that shit up. So yeah, Tomas um, is working on his stand-up. I am. I oh got, yeah, I got mad jokes. They're <laughs> only speaking of <laughs> oh, I. <yeah>. So <laughs> I was I because you know comedy's a it's a it's a tough thing, right? It's pointing out uh, really. I just keep, wait. Hold up. Sorry, yeah, to yeah, interrupt please. you. I just keep reminding myself that the question we were on was, yeah, <laughs> what about the manager? Right, right, okay, right. I, I remember. If it you're cool, I just. Because if I have to ask again what we're talking about, that's going to get <laughs> embarrassing. All right, uh, go. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I will. Uh, <laughs> my comedy is like, you know, talking about really sensitive shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, man, my comedy at this point in, in, in our historical context will only go well at Trump. Uh, Trump, <laughs> Trump rallies. Go That's well. when you have to evaluate. <laughs> it's like, no, they're just jokes, though, but <laughs> they'll eat it up. <laughs> yeah. What he said. It's like, oh, no, you no, know, you're, you're no, missing the nuance. Now you're you missing got, the nuance. Now you got me interested, bro. What's, I mean, what, what's the stand up really about, dog? Like, you really want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. Uh, at another day. Another okay. day. So, your manager. <laughs> Next interview. Next when interview. When you're at the pinnacle. When you're at the pinnacle. <laughs> you know what I think about the Filipinos? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's crazy. All right. Um, my manager. Yes. A man from uh, Rio, Rio, Brazil. Oh, dope. He uh, saw me playing past the flowers. That's where we got off the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, and he approached me after the song, and he was like, yo, did you write that? And I was like, yeah, man. And he was like, you got more? I was like, I got like 100, bro. Like, what, what you need? And I was like, you need a song? <laughs> and so um, he's like, man, we got to hook up, bro. He's like, brother, brother, I have people. Like, I'm, I'm uh, trying to be a manager. And so I blew him off. Like, I do a lot of people in the subway because, like, you know, a lot of people just want to jam out or, like, hey, man, like, you're amazing. Like, we should, like, collab. And I'm not against any of that, okay? Like, a jam out with people. I, I love collabing. Like, it's very inspirational. But um, you get a lot of, like, corny people, you know, so you have to have some screening process. Um, so I didn't really get a good feel for him when I first met him. I was like, oh, I was just another dude trying to talk noise. Um, so, like, after a month of him still hounding me, <laughs> like, bro, we need to get together, man. Like, what's 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 good? Where you at? I finally gave him the, like, the biggest lie where I was like, um, 
we had set up a meeting and I was like, dude, I've already got a meeting today. Meanwhile, I'm at home smoking weed and playing video games. <laughs> okay. And so I went out that night with my girlfriend at the time and we we're sitting back having drinks and I look up at the bar we're at and it's him. And he looks over at me. He looks over at me. He's like, you motherfucker. Like, he's like, this is the meeting that you have? He's like, do you want to stay in the subway for the rest of your life? So I'm doing like a Spanish accent somewhere in between. Good, yeah, this is, this is, yeah. this, we're, we're, we're taking a downward spiral I, I, here. I don't know I'm where. A, I'm going to let my, my, my Puerto Rican card, I approve. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. 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 So, so we, um. So so I'm like, I apologize. I'm like, okay, okay. So we set up a meeting for the next day. Next day he calls me and he's like, hey, man, here's my apartment. And he's like, I wrote a song for you. And I was like, god damn it. Like, so now this guy just wants to get on the album or something. And I got over to his house. He had a grand piano in his living room that was more than half of the apartment. Wow. And the song that he had written for me was freaking gorgeous. Wow. Like, it was, <laughs> it was beautiful. And to this day, we both have forgotten the song. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's a horrible tragedy. You didn't write it down. <laughs> nope, I was just so taken by the muse. I was like, this is amazing. Like, let's just live free. And it was like the start of everything. So, so he's the one who then got funding for the album. The company who he approached about funding for the album, they had seen me play in the subway already. Um... He then was on LinkedIn so much, t emailing, texting everybody that they they um, they cut him off for 24 hours because they thought he was a robot. Okay, <laughs> so like the dude was he was he was passionately forcing me to take my career possibility serious because at the time I was like you know I was teaching I was playing gigs here and there but it wasn't like. That wasn't my my focus. Like I would never quit work to go on tour for three weeks. Um, so he he's the one who made me legit. And before that, it was another guy named Brett Murphy who made my my video um, "Remember Us" for free. Like he saw me in the subway. He made the video. If I didn't have any like professional footage to show somebody, my manager who found me down there wouldn't have even been able to go find me like so it all kind of started with brett murphy then my manager then um the week that i was signing a uh, contract with my manager and the company that was funding the album this woman was getting on the train and she was like i love your music if you ever need an entertainment lawyer give me a call and i was like i needed you yesterday my name's gabriel royal find me on find me on facebook she found me two hours later um she wound up writing my contract okay working pro bono still hasn't charged me a penny i played at her wedding me and joe went <laughs> me and joe met down there like a, a wonderful austin s sunset it was the illest wedding i've ever been to but like i was like these people are paying me to come down and play their wedding. like i should be paying her mm -hmm. she she did every like every contract that i've that i've signed has either been written or run by this woman wow um another subway connection so I, I did an IBM commercial where they were looking for me for a month to give me money because they used my song on a commercial. Wow. 
Subway, okay? Uh, I mean, other than that, like, it's just it, it, everything that I wrote. So everything, I used to, I had a band in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was playing piano, singing, but that's not my first instrument, which this is related to just the, the stress of writing on your primary instrument. Like, I had studied cello for years and had never composed on it. But then when I moved to New York, that was the only thing I could bring in the subway. Like I wasn't bringing a keyboard or a piano down there. So I started playing cello more and I started, and so I was playing Bach cello suites. And then at some point I did something wrong and I was like, man, I have never written a song on cello. And this is when I'm like 29. Okay. So I've been playing in a band since I was 21, 22, writing my own songs. But there was a creative divide in between my piano work and my cello music. So at some point I was like, yo, I need to write a song on the cello where it's just me. And like, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing wrong. I'm out of tune. I'm out of rhythm. Like I'm just making something up. So that was G major suite. And that song has like changed my cello playing, like my comfort with my instrument. Like I used, I still get nervous and I don't want to say that I don't want to jinx myself because this is such an amazing gig and I'm going on some pretty I'm playing some pretty big places which is very surprising I'm like I I don't deserve this why why me like now I have to be alive next year because I'm expected <laughs> that's that sounded dark. That's that sounded dark, dark. that's, that's dark, not that's but not that's real okay wait <laughs> that wasn't like that wasn't like suicidal that was like I party a lot, okay? The kid likes to have a drink and, and smoke on the weekend. So, like, sometimes after you, you, you wake up on a Monday, like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. Like, I, can, I can't keep I doing it. Like Tomas can relate. I can't keep yeah. doing this. Like, literally, I was like, yo, this is going to kill me. I actually wrote a song about it called You Can Dance on My Coffin. Like, you can dance on my coffin you can do it as often just as often you think of me because <laughs> of this one summer that i was partying so hard i was like i'm gonna die and then i was like that would that be funny though you can dance on my coffin because i played music like you can dance on my coffin you can do it as often because i love a good party anyway <laughs> um this is the first time that i've had to like care about making a gig in March of 2013 or 2019. Wow. Wow. It's, it's the drugs. <laughs> um, 2019. So like it's, it, this is a different side of my career where I've, I've, you know, I've been worried about making a bar gig playing at 11 PM or midnight. Now I'm playing the, you know, captive audiences who aren't drinking beer and breaking glasses and not listening. You've never played here before, have you? <laughs> you guys, kidding. you guys got a ruckus, <laughs> a ruckus 50, 50 plus crowd. We're all getting crazy. <laughs> Enough talk, more cello. <laughs> <laughs> Another. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answers anything. Did we? What was the question? I don't know. Okay, we were, we were I don't even good. I don't manager. care. Good. Yeah, oh okay. yes. Okay, man. But, but I mean. That we, we've moved far beyond okay. that, which yeah. is totally Man, fine. Okay. That's oh, the whole so point. that was what the subway point was: was that like so many amazing? My whole career is related to the New York City subway. It, wait, I heard something about you getting your instrument. That is true. Subway. That is a true sto story. So this guy saw me playing on the subway, and he was like, uh, uh, gave me five dollar tip, 
and then uh, found me on Facebook later on that night. She sends me this message like, hey, man, um, this is weird because I saw you playing cello today. And my cello, my, my friend moved out like three years ago and left his cello here. And he, I called him. He said he doesn't want it. So I'm about to throw it away tonight. What? Like, do you want it? He was like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Oh, my god! So I literally went, ran and grabbed the cello. He had a case for me, too. It was like, and now it's like my my main cello that's really? that Crazy. I play on. Yeah, I mean, I had to get it like maybe $50 worth, worth of tune-up, but yeah. uh, it's it's been working working for me so far. It's $50 you could have spent on ramen and Kool-Aid. Ramen and Kool-Aid and <laughs> more like whiskey, like <laughs> vo- vodka and lemonade. What kind of What kind of whiskey do you drink? Man, your finest well whiskey well. is kind of <laughs> what I, you know, I'm kind of like top of the bottom shelf type of a Top dude. of the bottom shelf. If, if only I could get that, that cheapest one, that's usually what I'm what I'm <laughs> targeting. Like, same with tequila. Tequila's kind of my drink of choice, but I'm trying to let go of that, man. Why? Tequila's so good. Te- tequila's awesome. I love tequila, but the problem, the problem is just like, like death. <laughs> and blackout, you know, like just the amount of, of of damage I'm doing to my liver right now. Agave is natural. It's true. <laughs> it's true. That's true. But I just I've had too many nights where my friends texted me the next day. were like, hey, man, you OK, bro? And I'll, I'll look at the text and I'll be like, oh, wait, did I do something? I'm like, wait, OK, wait, did I? Like what? That's did I, definitely not a good feeling. What? Uh, what did I do? <laughs> so, so let, let me put it like this: I'll still take a shot every once in a while, but I'm I'm trying to cut back. I'm trying to change to champagne. You know, <laughs> I'm trying Fancy. to switch it up to maybe a brose, maybe a, a brose. <laughs> the, the problem is, and I'm not speaking from any experience um, at all, but the problem <laughs> is, is that when you develop a tolerance for mm-hmm. things like whiskey mm-hmm. and tequila, because I, yeah. I know somebody. <laughs> who <laughs> drinks a lot of whiskey okay. um and and that person is concerned as well mm-hmm. they're like wow you know you're going down a dark dark place mm-hmm. um that they tried to switch over they're like i'll go with wine okay. you know yeah. and the problem is is that you know wine you just once you develop a tolerance wine is like drinking juice mm. now and, now i can I kind of disagree with you because okay. and, and I'll let him know. And here's why. <laughs> I mean, I kind of disagree with your friend. Um, I stopped drinking all liquor for the month of January. Okay. Oh, so you recalibrated your tolerance? Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's what okay. happens when you stop. Yeah. Well, tell this, your friend this. This, this friend of mine <laughs> just went friend. from Tuesday whiskey to Wednesday wine, and it didn't work out. Okay. Well, here's the thing. If you stop, you talk to your friend quite a bit. <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> y'all habits. You need really to talk. Well. You need to talk to your wife about your friend. <laughs> okay, because y'all spending a lot of time together. Um, but no, I, 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 I think it's just something. And going out on tour too. Like yeah. I have to watch my intake. Like, cause everybody think going on tour is like a party. I mean, it's fun. It's it's nice, but it's a lot of work. Like mm-hmm. you're you're traveling. You're constantly in somebody else's space. You're doing interviews. <laughs> Damn podcast. <laughs> you know? So like it's it's like you're you're on constantly. Yeah. Um, and I think um, if I'm drinking on top of that, a man of my age, a man of my maturity, 
uh, I think it's it's just impossible. So like I've been I've been cutting back. Like I'm 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 gonna let loose a little bit tonight, but uh, I think it's it's something that you got to manage the older you get because too many careers have been sabotaged by drugs and alcohol. And I'm like, yo, do it after the gig. Can you not just wait till after the gig? Like you get this amount for doing the gig. Or you could not do the gig and not get paid and then ruin a career. I'm like, you can, it's like college. I guess it's like college, because we were just talking about that. You could, you, we used to like sometimes smoke herb before class. I was like, why? Wait an hour and a half and you've got all the rest of your day. Yeah. But instead we're like smoking at lunchtime, just doing all this like sophomoric BS. Um, so that's how I feel about the gig. It's like, I'm honored to play. It's an honor to play my music in front of crowds. The least I could do is be like sober ish. Yeah. You know what I'm, I'm saying? You may terrible have terrible at playing the cello when I'm drinking. <laughs> Are you a cellist as well? No. Okay. I don't know anything <laughs> about you guys. Uh, <laughs> you could have said anything. Like, actually, I'm just here with the um, uh, bio space exploration side of <laughs> this building. Where this is this fine. going? That's it. I'm done. Okay. Anyway, so uh, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, I, I try to I try to monitor my my alcohol smart. intake. I like smart. I like that. I th- I believe in serendipitous moments. I think that uh, your words will be very inspirational to my friend, <laughs> to, to, <laughs> who is as well. Okay. okay. Growing in the age department and drinks a lot, but um, so. <laughs> Like man, I kind of want to drink now, man. I'm like Joe, man, maybe you should have got that champagne. You see, look, look on her face. Look, Joe's like, man, I said I would have got the bottle an hour ago, bro. Now I'm listening to y'all talk and stuff. I'm like, yo, maybe. How long have we been talking, bro? It might be time to wrap this. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Shorty getting impatient over here, waiting for champagne. Oh man, I'm just playing. Um, I have a I have a question. I did some notes. Um, ten minutes before the interview. Nice. Tomas told me like a week ago. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna do some research. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do very like I do. You don't have to ask Google. Just ask me. My, you my can do the research organic. with me right yeah. here. I promise I'm better than Google about we, what happened. We me. we we say that this this uh, this podcast is like first dates. Like I don't want to know okay. too much information. Is, I like, feel like this date is going good. It though. is going like, well. How, how is? I think how it's great. It's a little polyamory. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> A little polyamorous for my usual taste. <laughs> Why are you here, girl? <laughs> Trying to have some time with me and my mans, bro. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> speaking of dates, so I read uh, you. You talk. You you're always thinking about love. Mm. And I listen to so this is you know and I'll I'll give you that a has a lot of different meaning. It's not just like sexual love. I'm yeah. talking about love, the beauty, like life. Like yeah, I'm, that's one of the things with my music. I I try to I compose pretty music. Mm-hmm. Like I I like it to be melodic. I'm not I'm not on the forefront of twelve tone atonal metal. You know I'm writing pretty shit. Let's just. I like that. <laughs> let's just be like you know. I'm, I like. I'm drawn to the pretty. Yeah. You know, and, and like music for me has always been medicinal. Like I, I remember a song that my father used to play. Um, that was like his take on a Pharaoh Sanders song, Thimby. Say, do 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 do
and it had like to this day it, i remember just sitting like behind on the couch and listening to it and just being like ah that feels good like is that mm. it's that sesame street early 80s feel to it where things were like kind of happy but kind of sad because nostalgia is always partly sad mm-hmm. um so that was just to give you a yeah no i mean i think yeah i think love is a is a very wide it's an abstract concept you know it could be a lot of things um when i listen to your your songs um i'm so my favorite song is say it right oh wow oh man i i love it it's just um thank you yeah and so but you know i'm listening to to kind of on spotify i'm new to spotify too oh welcome man yeah i mess with spotify in a major way i love love spotify yeah it took me a minute i did you know i'm i'm i go into things real slow so i I, I just got an iphone two years ago old man mentality i do Tomas, he's like that yeah. technology <laughs> i don't know if i can get on board yeah that, i'm with you i just got on instagram like a year ago yeah it's tough it's, you're hooked kind of i'm like oh i got it like my, my my manager calls me and he's like hey man can you post this video i'm like god why do i gotta every do everything <laughs> what are you for <laughs> i was I, i'm I, f- I was. I gave ask. you my password, man. You've got access to all the stuff. <laughs> the freak, man. But, but then I think like, oh wait, this is nothing. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. oh maybe I could just hit update. <laughs> but but it is though. But it is. I, you know, I'm not gonna go down the the old man rabbit hole. Because that's where it sounded media. like. What, that's what it sounded <laughs> like you were going to. It sounded. Like, and oh man, the kids with the phones and the <laughs> the, the, the Spotify, so the snappy chats. Bringing it back to my 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 eighth eighth grader. You know, the other day she was in the front room. Uh, we have two living rooms. Bang bang. Nice. Uh, one for the kids, one for me. Yeah, maybe uh, you can help me out. Later. I'm trying. I'm trying to move to Arizona. Like you you got to move to Arizona. <laughs> Brooklyn, you're not getting two living rooms. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was so she's on the Snappy Chat, right? Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. I know nothing about. They, my my uh, my experience with Snapchat before you know, I was like, this is where you send you know stuff you don't want anybody to see later. Mm-hmm. That's that record, you know, no record, no records. The DP, the DP. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just stop for that. But uh, <laughs> uh, I've only, I've only ever sent one of those. <laughs> On Snappy Chat, on, on, the, on the Snappy Chats, <laughs> on the Snappy Chat. But she's up there. She uses it like text messaging, right? They okay. don't. She doesn't understand that part of it. Because they're children. Because they're children. Yeah. And I'm back, and it all I hear is bing, bing. It's like her message is going off, and I'm getting pissed. Like I am literally pissed off that my daughter is having a conversation on a phone with Snappy Chat. Is and it because you started getting worried that like like who who no, the freak is not my not phone? not that I'm not worried about. I just realized how old I am. That like I was <laughs> just, like just the noise, just the noise of <laughs> the Snappy Chat. Bing, Bing. I was pissed. I, yeah, I don't turn, it off. turn well, that shit off. For me, it's like it's so many. It's so many different things that it's like I I was here's here's an example of of why I think it's overwhelming. Like I don't know whatever you use Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, like the more you do of it, the more you're online. So like it 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 continues, it grows exponentially, and then 
you can't enjoy the moments. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I was, uh, I was, uh, I played a, a show in the San Cassiano mountain range up northern it, northern Italy, mm. outside of Venice. Says um, the man who just claimed he's not at his pinnacle. I, that, northern Italy. Yeah, but how much money did I get? I, they got me a, a plane ticket out there and said, "Now play for your dinner." <laughs> That's not true. I'll open for seal, but they they low. They, <laughs> They lowballed me, okay? They lo- they lowballed me, right? That's all I I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I opened for seal. <laughs> just throw that in there. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm making star money. Like this is a great story, but like I came back and had to like pay rent. I had to like pay taxes. Like it's 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 a, it sounds the lifestyle sounds better than it is. Like because yeah. even if I told you the number I made, you got to imagine that being half to like a fourth of what I actually take home. Yeah. So it's uh you know it's it's a gamble. But I'm also living the life that I want to. It's beautiful. But why did I bring that up again? What I'm were we sorry. talking about? Not being in the moment. Not being in the yeah. moment. Okay. So like I'm I'm driving back to. Uh, to the airport in this minivan and we are in the tallest mountains I've ever seen in my life so like imagine you're on you're driving atop like a 20-story building and then there's like 20 more stories on top of that just gorgeous right so the guys in the back are like taking pictures and then everybody falls asleep I was up for that three hours just like looking at snow and mountains just like having the, the time of my life like oh my god like am I ever gonna be here again I'm like, it's easier to get back to a place if you've been there once before. Hmm. So maybe. You know, I'm just going through all these, like, spiritual experiences and stuff. Meanwhile, they got their pictures 10 minutes ago and, like, went to sleep. Hmm. Um, Also, people will be videotaping me in the subway, which I have no problem with. But they'll then play the video back while I'm still in the middle of the goddamn song. So I'll hear myself, I'll hear myself, I'll hear the lyrics that they're playing from like 30 seconds ago, and they're, they're posting like, this man is killing it, it's like epic music, the melodies, it's, it's amazing. And I'm like, dude, I'm playing over here, bro. Like, thanks for the shout out, can you let me finish the goddamn song? So like, stuff like that, and I don't even think they realize. I don't, that's like one of the things, it's just, like you're, you're so wrapped up in your own, just like po- posting Facebook. Oh, killed it! Look at me, I'm hanging with Keanu. Like it's Keanu. Did you hang with Keanu Reeves? I haven't hung with him, but I did meet Keanu Reeves. Yes, I met Keanu Reeves, and it was as cool as it sounds. Like, they say he's one of the most down to earth. So like, can I tell you my yeah, Keanu Reeves please, story though? Yeah, okay, let's I do can. It. Can I please tell you? Okay, yeah. so so. <laughs> So my friend um, Johnny, shout, shout outs to Johnny Polygon, um, rapper that I work with uh, from hometown. Uh, been working with this guy for years. He was staying in New York, Upper West Side. Um, and so I'm walking from this Saturday math tournament. I'll explain that in a second. I'm I'm the in, I'm the MC. I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, start your pencils. <laughs> That's your boy. I'm the like, hustle is yeah. real. <laughs> hey, I got a lot of gigs, bro. The MC I of got a, math a lot of tournament. <laughs> but I also teach at this school, so okay. like, there's yeah. a connection. I'm not just like looking for math tournament <laughs> gigs. Um, so I just gotten off this gig, and I take a left on the 87th Street North, um, and uh, I take a, a I take a, a right. And Keanu Reeves takes a left, and so we're walking like shoulder and shoulder with each other. 
And so, and so I was thinking, I was like, man, I got to, I got to say something. Like I'm, I'm never going to be this close to Keanu Reeves again. Um, so I was like, hey man, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work. Like I just, I just wanted to tell you that. And he was like, thank you. And I was like, wait, well, I'm sorry, man. Like I, I didn't mean to sound like an asshole or anything. Like I just, like, you know, you must hear that all the time. And he's like, why would you say that? That's an extremely nice thing to say. Oh. Right? So then he asked me, he was like, where are you coming from? Not joking. No, Bill. She asked me like an, an, an interested in me. And I was like, well, I just, I just came from this mathletes competition where they like explained it to him. Like they treat athlete like math, math contestants like athletes so it's, it's a team composition and da, da, da. he's like oh, that's crazy and i was like uh what are you doing here and i was like don't you live out west and he was like yeah I'm, I'm here for my goddaughter's graduation and by that time i was at my homeboy's apartment so i was like hey man i mean this is me so <laughs> nice to meet you he shook my hand and like kept walking and i and i went inside so i was like i just met keanu reeves I just met Keanu Reeves. Y'all, no, he touched me. I shook his hand. I shook his hand. Um, so, yeah, the stories are true. He's, like, cool as fuck and asked me, like, well, not invasive. What's the word? In, Interested? Intimate. Well, yeah, yeah, interesting. Like, like he was, he cared who I was. It was a I genuine was. question. He was a, yeah, yes, a genuine, a genuine question. question yeah. Is it about, creepy that I instantly am, like, I would have pretended, like, I wasn't where I was supposed to be yet and just kept walking yeah. with him to see no, where it went. No, that's not creepy. Everybody says that. Everybody <laughs> says that. And then a couple of days ago, my homie, I told this story. My homie was like, you should have invited him in, bro. I and thought I'm like, that's where you were going like, to go with next, it. Well, I'm like, I was just so flustered. I'm like, man, he was just so cool of a guy. I also didn't want to be. I've met a number, a fair number of celebrities. And I, the one thing that I know is they don't like it when you act like they're a celebrity. Mm. So like, just be personal with people. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what I was trying to do, and yeah. and not follow him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I'm not I'm not judging. I maybe I should have because that also would have been an interesting story. Like, and then the cops came, and I was like, "Peace, Keanu." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> have you ever had a moment with a celebrity where you like don't keep your cool though? Yes. Well, kind of. No, I wasn't cool, but I kept my cool, if you understand my meaning. Uh -huh. Like you're feeling it inside, but on the outside, <laughs> yes. they don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, my um, my homegirl, Michelle DeSwart, shout out to Michelle. She's an amazing uh, stand-up comedian. She works for Vice, does a lot of like interviews for them. And she's like an ex-model. So like... She, she modeled all through her teens and 20s and stuff and then took a comedy class where she was like, I, I think I want to write some jokes. <laughs> She's also British. That was my British accent. I, I think, I think, uh, does it figure? What should I do? Okay. Um, so she she started, uh, started right. We were good friends, yada, yada. I was having dinner at her house, right? It's the two of us, and she's like, oh, hey, my, my, um, my, uh, my ex-roommate, Boyd, who's like an amazing model himself is coming over with his girlfriend and we're gonna do a dinner party i'm like okay i got the mac and cheese don't worry <laughs> <laughs> so we cooked and as like you know she opens up the door boyd i've known boyd for years so i'm like what's up dude his girlfriend comes in and it's D dakota fanning What? okay so <laughs> yes it's dakota fanning so she walks in the door and i'm just like ha 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 
Like, I just don't really know how to, because you got to ask their name, and it's like, obviously, I know you're Dakota Fanning. Like, I know who you are, but, like, introduced. And then we start talking, and I realized that I was, like, nervous. <laughs> I was, like, jittery and, like, trying to, like, start a conversation and then, like, <laughs> like laughing it off and stuff. Um, but we wound up having a great, great meal, like, uh, you know, friends with her. Like, she friended me on Facebook. Um <clears throat> And and so like she actually started eating my mac and cheese after dinner was over, just like by the hand, by hand. Hey. And I was like, yo, Dakota Fanning likes my mac and cheese, yo. <laughs> and that's one of the stupid things. Like, no, why would you think that? Like, why would you, why would you care that somebody is like, it's just celebrity status. I feel like I'd be stoked if shit. anyone was like eating mac and cheese with their hands. So <laughs> I'd be like, I'm true. pretty good at mac and cheese. That's true. That's good. I am an amazing cook. I, amazing, that's a little strong. I, great. <laughs> Slightly not as strong. Not amazing, but great. Just a, just a hair below. No, I, I love to cook. My mom's from Mississippi, and, uh, you know, I grew up cooking soul food, peeling onions. I made a gumbo about five years ago that just kind of changed my life. Um, I watched this Bobby Flay show where... Instead of putting the okra in it, he fried it and put it on top like mm. a crouton. So mm. it kept the flavor and gave it a little texture. Mm. So that's kind of how I do my oatmeal with like shrimp, crab, sausage, corn. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. So it's, I mean, I care about cooking. I'm a part of the VIP Tasters Club. Um, it's a it's a, an association, a very elite <laughs> squad of uh, <laughs> tasters, um, and we meet in Brooklyn about once or twice a week. At my friend Tom's house, um, I feel like we're getting off subject here, guys. <laughs> I mean, we've um, been. Th- we and can we wrap this up though? Can we wrap this up? I'm having a great time. <laughs> no, I'm having a great time. <laughs> so I do have dinner plans. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. We we are at that moment. Uh, I feel like that. Uh, I mean, I don't know when you and I are gonna, you know, uh, connect again. But I feel like we could have a part two of this podcast at some point. Any freaking time, bro. I'm gonna, I'll come to the Netherlands. I'll see if I can get that covered <laughs> on well, our I'm podcast you, I got, budget. I got people here. I got people here. So my my friend's um, violin shop, uh, the Stradivari House. His mm-hmm. name is Achilles Figueroa. Um, shout outs to the Stradivari House. Um, he's this is my boy from like college, like okay. high school, college years. So he just had a baby last year. Me and Joe came down to see him last year. So like, I bees in Phoenix. Oh well, then okay, right. I, I bees, right. I bees in Phoenix. And if this, <laughs> I mean, if the political parts of this conversation don't get me blacklisted, from, you're not. Don't worry, from, <laughs> don't worry. From Mesa. D- despite what you might hear on the national level, we are we're we're not as you know red as as it's a very eclectic place same thing with oklahoma man like it's it's a very uh uh it gets a bad rap because it deserves one um yeah but so do we but it's not all things are changing yeah and i think uh if anything this last election has kind of galvanized people to a a uh a common common goal i would agree so. i think by the time all those eighth graders are no i'm just <laughs> uh, so so as we as we wrap we would love for you to to bless us with something really quick but we also have a a, a really quick question that all of our guests yeah, add, yeah. get so, asked um so can uh, we ask the two or yeah just, yeah yeah, okay. yeah 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 so first. uh what is your favorite ice cream oh oh man oh okay so i this is the three-part <laughs> answer bro oh, let's wow. go okay so the favorite my like just classic I could eat any day, any time 
is gonna be vanilla with chocolate syrup on top. Oh, I had it okay, last just night. like a classic. We're going like straight classic. Mm-hmm. Then also it's another classic, another variation on that cookies and cream, obvious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then I kind of go off the board with pralines and cream. Huh. Not a lot of people know about pralines and cream. I don't even know what a praline. A is. praline is a candied pecan. So okay. imagine butternut pecan, but mm-hmm. with like a candied, crunchy, sugary, cinnamony type pecan with ribbons of caramel. All up in that bitch. That sounds delicious. Wow. So right. if you okay. don't know about pralines and cream, get get with some. And lastly, but this, I don't even want to mention this because it's not on the market anymore, but I had to call Hagen dazs out, okay? Years ago, Hagen dazs had this flavor called Blueberry Crumble. Okay, me and my homeboy got it for like a month, and we were preaching it like the choir, like, you got to try this. Here, have you had blueberry crumble? <laughs> it's delicious. It's like yellow mode in a box, cuz. You need to try this carton. They took it off the market because we went up to the bodega dude and we were like, yo, man, like, can you order some for us? Like, we, we saw that it's not in there anymore because we probably ate it all. But, like, can we get some more, though? And he was like, bro, I did the research, man. It's not there. It's not there, bro. Word got back that the Crips like the <laughs> Yo, so, blueberry ice cream. So, no, listen. So, so, a couple of days, I'm looking through the haagen shelves, and I see rum raisin. I haven't used the F word a lot, but who the fuck wants rum raisin <laughs> ice cream? Are you kidding me? So, you take out blueberries and add raisin, and I'm the weirdo? You guys didn't know I was going to get so passionate about I ice cream yeah, when you I asked did. me that question, did you? <laughs> Real talk. I love it. I also like how you didn't even really have to think about your answer. You already knew oh, yeah. this is three parts. I told you I'm, I'm, a, I'm to... a part of the VIP Tasters Club. You don't think we've ever real thing. Run, we don't think we've ever run across the scoop of something delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, one more question, and then I can't wait to hear you play. Um, we want to know what you're listening to or what you're reading that's inspiring you right now. Mm, what I'm reading, I just finished um, Terry Pratchett's The Color of Magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know that book, Mm-mm. but it's, uh, how did he describe it? What Blazing Saddles did to the Spaghetti Western, he did to the Lord of the Rings. So it's like a comical, satirical, whimsical adventure in kind of like a funny rated R, not Game of Thrones, that's too dark. This is like comedy. So it's like light comedy with a bunch of magical, fanciful creatures and things the, like that. The I color of that. magic? The color of magic, yes. Nice. Um, What other... Uh, what was the last book that I read that might make me sound slightly more intellectual? <laughs> um, that one was good. I don't like when people are like, I'm going to say this book or this writer because it sounds really smart. Oh, no. Know? I mean, this is by this is hands down like my favorite book. So, like, I'm not going to lie about that. Like, it just comes comes forth. Calvin and Hobbes. But I feel like I have read something <laughs> better that would impress more people, but I'm drawing don't, the Yeah, don't try okay. to impress people. I, I'm you impressed know. by the genuineness. Um, I will say this, though. I can't say this, otherwise we'd be talking for another 40 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'm an Ayn Rand fan. Oh. Foundation, Fountainhead, 
uh, Atlas Shrug. Giant books. They're um, like this big. Yeah, but here's here's the funny thing. So she is. Let's just get that, this out of the way. She's a huge capitalist. She wouldn't save a drowning baby unless it like was pulling its weight. Not into welfare. Um, but she's one of the strongest female writers. You can't say women. Uh, she's she's one of the strongest female writers of her time. She writes very like liberal parts for the, like like in Atlas Shrug. Uh, the woman is like running a a a, tr- a a railroad, outshining her brother. She's got numerous. She's has numerous lovers, throughout the book, and like it, it's a heroine in the middle of in the early fifties. Mm. Like the way she wrote, but but her work got bastardized by the Republican Party, in that they took those capitalist tenets, which are true. <laughs> like I'm not a disciple of hers. I like her work. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. I don't drink everything that she says like it's the nectar of the gods. I have a lot of problem with her works, but I I feel like that she was she was corralled as opposed and so now people don't read her because they're like, "Oh, you read that capitalist bullshit." And I was like, "You haven't read it. If you if you've never written read her work like and her whole Anyway, I sound like a no. ran, a randist right now. That's all good. But it's really powerful work and liberating for women. I was, I'm just saying, I, I hope women take her back from the Republican Party because, as I was reading, because I had I, I didn't know anything about it before I started. I started reading it because it was a big book in my ex girlfriend's library, and I was commuting three hours a day teaching. So like I had time. I was just going through like American classics, mm. like 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 cornflakes like it was <laughs> and so i i didn't know what republic that republicans had used her as a poster girl i didn't know what the book was about i had no clue so um i read it with with no weight on me i'm i'm the biggest i have the most objective take on ayn rand that anybody could have and i was like this is amazing it's probably why you have the perspective that you did, because you went in unbiased, you know. Don't tell me no spoilers. Yeah, I don't even. I didn't even want to know that Thanos was in Avengers Four. <laughs> I'm like, why'd you tell me that? Cause I was gonna go in fresh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let me get this chill. All right, bro. we're gonna we're gonna clock out real quick while you get set up. Um, actually, you know what we're gonna do is we're gonna thank everybody. That's a good idea. We're gonna thank all our people. Thanks, peeps. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, Gabriel's going to play a little something for us right now. So should I just, uh, just do it like this? Yeah, just do Hit it like mic. Yeah. I really should get a, a rock stop. This is another thing. I, so from the subway, somebody stole my my rock stop, and I just went MacGyver on it and pulled out my belt. So now, since then, that was probably like six or seven years ago. I should probably I should probably upgrade since I'm playing like. I don't know. I and think I was like I, he's about I, to take his pants off. Yeah. <laughs> apparently he yeah, plays he plays 
with his pants off. <laughs> Let me tune up quickly. I mean, that might be like a cool little thing you can start doing. Just pantsless <laughs> jump. <laughs> I told you we don't have an edit budget. We don't it's have all edit. on the t- it's all on tape. <laughs> Anyone just tuning in randomly? <laughs> Would be like, why is Tomas or Jen playing the cello <laughs> right now? <laughs> they suck. All right. So the name, the name of this track is "When You Came Around." excited that you called it didn't bother me at all if we're smart we'll wait for when didn't know exactly then just what we're saying just what we do I'm not changing, not for you, but I'm excited that you called. It didn't bother me at all. If we're smart, we'll wait for when. Didn't know exactly then. we watch the sun come up and we watch the moon it fell down 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 and I watch my love erupt when you when you came around we don't like these type of things no Cause of all the joy it brings, yeah. Baby, don't be mad at me, uh huh. Cause it happened easily, yeah, yeah. Yes, we watch the sun come up, and we watch the moon it fell. I watch my love erupt 
when you when you came around ooh, ooh. yeah give it yep yep still getting used to this cello just had some tune-ups on it that was amazing, man. That we, was amazing. Yeah, we we really appreciate you uh, spending time with us. Um, definitely look forward to connecting with you in the future. Y'all coming uh, to the show, right? So we have to talk about that. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you, you guys yeah. coming? We actually have um, possible collaboration at the show. I'm sure Randy hasn't talked to you about that yet, but we'll discuss. We'll discuss. Oh, and that, my friends, that time. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate you. Peace. Peace. Thank you.